What's up everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Da Vinci Cases. Alright, so the way this works is we've got a clinical case followed by a board style question. So we're going to go through the question stem, point out the relevant clinical findings, take a look at the question and the answer choices, and then kind of divert for a minute and go through the relevant concepts to answering the question. Then we'll come back and apply those concepts that we went over to answering the question. So we've got a 63-year-old woman. She's presenting to the emergency department with sharp chest pain, shortness of breath, and coughing that began two hours ago. So we've got acute chest pain, and so we'll go through the differential in more detail in a few slides for acute chest pain. But really, the main things in the ED you want to especially be thinking about are things that can kill somebody pretty fast. So you think about MI, pulmonary embolism, dissection, aortic dissection, and then tamponade, cardiac tamponade. So let's keep reading here to get some more details on this chest pain. So it's on the left side. It's definitely concerning. The heart's on the left side. It's non-radiating, so it's not traveling anywhere. And then it's worse with inspiration. That's called pleuritic chest pain. So it's uh, definitely something to pay attention to. We'll come back to this in a few slides here. Patient also complains of right leg pain and swelling. So the big things you wanna be thinking about that right away are definitely DVT. Someone can also, especially more so leg swelling, not so much pain, someone could be in heart failure as well. So definitely wanna keep that in mind as well. She has a past medical history notable for hypertension, hyperlipidemia, definitely cardiovascular risk factors, definitely risk factors for an MI, dissection. And then she's been recently diagnosed with breast cancer. And then chemotherapy was completed one month ago. So very recent diagnosis. Recent cancer diagnosis also increases your risk of forming clots, specifically DVTs. So you definitely want to be paying attention to that. Her medications include hydrochlorothiazide, she probably takes that for her hypertension, torvastatin, she would take that for her hyperlipidemia, and then a vitamin D supplement. So she's 63, she's a postmenopausal woman, so she's probably just taking vitamin D to maintain her vitamin D levels. Vitals in the ED are 37 degrees Celsius, so she's afebrile, so you'd be less suspicious this is some kind of infectious etiology. Heart rate is 107, so she's definitely tachycardic. Blood pressure, 140 over 87, so she's definitely hypertensive. And then her respiration rate is, up on, is definitely at the, on the higher end here at 20, so she's breathing relatively fast. So in the ED, you do a chest x-ray, that's normal. So it's not revealing any kind of enlarged heart or pneumothorax or anything like that, or significant fluid buildup in the lungs. EKG shows sinus tachycardia otherwise uh, normal, no acute changes here. That's important because especially when you're thinking about an MI, you wanna be looking for ST elevation, which would correspond to a STEMI. This is good news for her. She doesn't seem like she has this ST segment elevation. Doesn't mean she's not having an MI. Doesn't mean she doesn't have any some other type of serious pathology. Just means that it, it looks less likely that she's having a STEMI specifically. Cardiopulmonary exam is normal. This isn't too surprising. You know, a lot of these, even these uh, diagnoses, MI, PE, dissection, a lot of times they're not gonna have anything real specific or, or anything that'll jump out with you on physical exam, at least of, of when listening to the heart and lungs. Tamponade, you could have some muffled heart sounds, but otherwise for these other ones, it's very common that you're not gonna have anything notable on cardiopulmonary exam. But she is found to have calf swelling, pain and warm red skin on examination of her right leg 
She came in complaining of swelling and pain in her right leg here. So again, it's very, it's very likely that she has a DVT. Lastly here, they did a serum troponin level. That's normal. So again, that also would decrease our suspicion of an MI. So before we get to the question, let's just kind of go through the key history and exam findings, and then we'll go through the differential. So we've went through these. It's just kind of an organized list. It's an older woman. She's got acute chest pain, shortness of breath, and cough. Chest pain's not radiating. It's worse with inspiration, pleuritic chest pain. Leg pain and swelling confirmed on an exam, so definitely thinking DVT here. Cardiovascular risk factors, recent cancer diagnosis, tachycardic hypertensive, normal chest x-ray, no significant EKG changes, and then normal exam, cardiopulmonary exam, and normal troponin. For acute chest pain, this is kind of your general differential. There could be some other like less common things you maybe would add to this, but these are kind of your main things you want to be thinking about. And you want to think about in terms of these categories, cardiac, pulmonary, GI, and then musculoskeletal. So if we look have our findings from our patient up here, let's kind of go through the differential here with the corresponding findings and see what we, see what we think here. So MI, a lot of times you're gonna see changes on the EKG, you're gonna see elevated troponins, and you just don't see that here. You got normal troponins, you don't really see any significant EKG changes under the other than sinus tachycardia. So I'd say this is less likely. Aortic dissection, you're often gonna have tearing chest pain, it's gonna to radiate to the back a lot of times. A lot of times these patients have uncontrolled hypertension. A lot of times they're smokers. Again, the history just doesn't seem to fit here. And to really confirm this, you're gonna to have to get a CT scan. So that seems less likely. Cardiac tamponade, it's really you gotta look at uh, Beck's triad. So you got hypotension, muffled heart sounds, and then in, uh, increased jugular venous pressure. She's got the direct opposite of that as far as the blood pressure goes. She's hypertensive, not hypotensive normal cardio cardiac exam and you don't and there's no mention of increased jugular venous pressure so that seems less likely there pericarditis you're going to have positional chest pain so it's going to be chest pain that's improved with leaning forward and worse with leaning back and you just don't see that here it's just again it's just described as kind of non-radiating chest pain worse with inspiration doesn't say worse with leaning back that seems so that seems less likely as well also, pericarditis, a lot of times you're going to see changes on the EKG, and again, you just don't see that here. So pulmonary, so with a pulmonary embolism, pulmonary embolism can have a lot, kind of a vague presentation. There's no like classic, this for sure is pulmonary embolism presentation. It's kind of just a combination of clinical findings, risk factors, and then narrowing down the differential. And so if we look at this here, acute chest pain, shortness of breath, cough, these are often find, found with patients with pulmonary embolism. Pleuritic chest pain, very suggestive of pulmonary embolism. Again, it's not diagnostic, it's not pathognomonic, it's not found in every single patient, but it's very suggestive of pulmonary embolism. The, the big thing with pulmonary embolism is that they have clinical signs of DVT, which she definitely has. So she's got the leg pain, she's got the swelling, it's confirmed on exam. So again, that seems very suggestive of a PE. And then also here, she's got this recent cancer diagnosis. So cancer puts you in a hypercoagulable state. And you're more likely to form clots, increased risk for DVT. Pulmonary embolism is, is definitely emerging here as, as one of our top choices for the diagnosis. Look at pneumothorax here. You would see that on often on chest x-ray, which is normal. And so that seems less likely there. And then you kind of get into some, some other 
causes here with GI symptoms such as GERD, where you have like reflux, reflux disease, peptic ulcer. Um, you just don't see that, you know, the classic symptoms of heartburn. There's no mention of if it's changing with eating habits or anything like that. She doesn't have a history of that. She doesn't have a history of excessive NSAID use. The other thing here, esophageal spasm or rupture, there's just, again, there's no indication of that. You A lot of times on a rupture, you can see that on imaging, and they just don't give that to us. Musculoskeletal, the big thing there you want to pay attention to is, is the chest pain reproduced on palpation on physical exam? So if they're pressing down on a certain area of the chest where it's hurting and that reproduces the pain, that makes you maybe a little more suspicious that's musculoskeletal. The other thing about that is, is if they had kind of a recent strain or like heavy lifting or a trauma or fall to the chest wall, that could also make it musculoskeletal in origin. So it's looking like our diagnosis is a pulmonary embolism. So it appears she has a DVT in her right leg that has progressed to a pulmonary embolism. So let's come back to the answer choices. So this question is really asking you which of the following is the most likely site of origin for this patient's PE. And so what you got to remember is, is that a thrombus is a blood clot that forms in a blood vessel. And then an embolus is where part of that breaks off. And then it travels up through the blood vessels, through the cardiovascular system. And then it gets stuck or clots or blocks another blood vessel downstream. And so what they're asking is, so we know this is in the lungs, in the pulmonary circulation, pulmonary embolus. What it's asking you is where's number one? Where did this thrombus, where was the original thrombus? What's the most likely location of this original thrombus? So if we go through the answer choices here, the left anterior descending artery, this is an MI. The other, th the other thing you got to remember is, is that, so if you have the heart like this, you essentially divide it into the right heart and the left heart like this. Remember, you have the venous system is returning to the right heart, then that goes out to the lungs, and then that comes back to the heart, and then that goes out to the systemic circulation. So any of these pulmonary embolus, they're going to come from the venous side because they're just got to come up from the veins, come through the right side of the heart, and then shoot right into the lungs. So it's just not as likely. And again, this is just an MI. Same thing with the ascending aorta. I mean, this is the first vessel to come off the heart here on the systemic side. Again, it's just not, it's just not seen. Radial artery. You could see with a radial vein, or if you have a vein in the, in the arm here and it comes up through that system there and goes right into the SVC and then into the right side of the heart and then shoots right into the pulmonary circulation. But again, uh, radial artery, that's just not gonna happen. Femoral veins, so down here in the leg. So if you have a deep vein thrombosis down here in the leg, very, very common. Lastly here, inferior vena cava. So the research just shows the most common site of origin of a pulmonary embolus is actually in the femoral vein. It's in the deep veins of the leg. So our answer choice is going to be D here, femoral vein. And so you remember this also corresponds to the exam findings. And so if you have a blockage in the veins, so let's say we have a blockage of a vein like this, the vessel is going to swell like this because you're blocking venous drainage this way. So that's why you see calf swelling. It's going to swell up. You see pain and then you see this warm red skin on examination. And so that corresponds as well. So again, final diagnosis here. This patient had a DVT that embolized into a pulmonary embolism.
All right, that's all I have for you this week. Make sure you check back every Wednesday for new Da Vinci cases. And then to see the corresponding video for this audio, check out our website at dviacademy.com, where you can also find PDF notes for this audio as well. Also on our site, you can find our book and video packages for anatomy and biochemistry. You can also follow us on Instagram for weekly posts and video. And then lastly, if you have any questions about the content of this video or about DaVinci Academy, put them in the comments and our team will be sure to answer them. All right, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.